Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be giving you my conference semifinals recap as well as the conference finals preview for both the East and the Western Conference in the NBA. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we are now done with the conference semifinals. All the teams done played. And now we are to the conference finals in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. So let's get into it, shall we? So in the East, in the East right now, you have once again chalk. So for the Eastern Conference finals, you have the number one seed, the Miami Heat, going up against the number two seed, the Boston Celtics. How did they get there? Let's talk about that. So, Miami uh, took on the Sixers, who was the four seed, and they beat them in six games, and it broke down like this. Miami in game one, they took that one. 106 to 92 and then game two one yet again 119 to 103 so winning both their home games they go to Philly in game three Philly wins that one 99 to 79 that was the game in which actually they got Joel Embiid back so and then you had game four 116 to 108 where uh, James Harden finally goes off in that game and then game five you go back to Miami Miami gets that one 120 to 85 big blowout there and then game six in Philly Miami takes that 99 to 90 so the standout players who else could it be but Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler has played well in these playoffs, man. He is really carrying his team big time. Of course, he's getting help, but he's the de facto leader nonetheless. In this series, he averaged 27.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, shooting from the field a very good 51.3%. From the three throw line, 81.8%. So, uh, definitely getting it done there. Um, so, with that said, what happened to the other Jimmy in this series? Jimmy Hart, or otherwise known as James Hart. Six games, average only 18.2 points per game, seven assists. Numbers under his his regular season average, obviously, 6.3 rebounds. He shot it from the field 40.5%. Man, that's not good. And then 37.5 from three-point range, 93.8 from the free throw line. So uh, he's pretty good there. 
But in this series, he averaged nearly five turnovers per game. That's not getting it done, people. That's for sure. So, so with that said, like I said, Joel Embiid, he missed the first two games of the series and then came back for game three, which um, was a big boost to the Sixers. And even as I told you with the predictions, if Embiid didn't come back, I saw Miami winning that in five. The fact that Embiid did come back, I thought it'd go to seven, but uh, Miami was able to get that game six road win. So, um, <clears throat> so with that said, Embiid for the series, for the four games, averaged 19.8 points per game, which is more than 10 points under his average, 9.8 rebounds. He only shot at 42.6% from the field, which you can't have for your big man. And then uh, Pauling, 25% from three-point range. In fact, he attempted 12 uh, three-point three attempts, only three baskets. So, And then he shot 80% from the line. So, But, again, for Miami... He had guys stepping up like uh, Matt Struess. He had a Gabe Vincent. Victor Oladipo, I told you guys, he's like their secret weapon. So he was able to step up in a few games. And, of course, Tyler Hero. But the defense of Jimmy Butler, Bam out of Bayou, and P.J. Tucker played a huge part in this series and really tilted the balance towards the... Miami Heat so once again Eric Spolstra getting it done um, pushing all the right buttons so so with that said what's next for Philly uh, right now for Philly uh, does Doc Rivers return um, actually the GM Daryl Morey has only already made it clear that Rivers will return now the second biggest question might probably bigger than the Rivers question is do you resign James Harden to a max deal or a super max or whatever you want to call it so <sighs> that is a very good question it's obviously it's obvious to everyone he's lost a step um, he is not the James Harden of the Houston days. So he has to come to grips with he is not the same player, so he's going to have to adjust his game accordingly. He could still be a facilitator. Um, he could probably more so do that. He He's very adept to passing the ball, so and getting um, guys in a position to, you know, uh, to flourish. So I think he needs to really tailor his game um, as such. <clears throat> and now when I thought about the hard deal to begin with, I likened it to, um, some of you youngers may not uh, get this reference, but um, Clyde Drexler uh, towards the, I would say it was after the Chicago Bulls series, his game really kind of uh, 
slid a little bit as far as his definitely shooting percentage wise. Um, that series was tough on him anyway, going head to head against Jordan. So he had a couple of years where those percentages started to slide. So uh, Portland did the prudent thing. Well, that at least they thought and dealt him to Houston, which actually revitalized him in a sense so much so that um that trades actually boosted the the rockets to become back-to-back champions and he played well he played very well but what he had to do he had to adjust his game he had to go from being the man in portland to taking the back seat to elijah one which you know um they have history a played at uh, the University of Houston together. So I say all that to say I thought that's the route James Harden should have went when he came over to Philly. I mean, he did it for the most part, but um, I really thought in spurts he could have really stepped up a bit more in the playoffs. So, So with that said, I do think... I think he does come back, um, although Embiid's comments didn't exactly ring ring any bells. Well, he pretty much made it general that you know Harden could have played better. We all could have played better. So, so I guess um, for what's that that's worth. But Harden needs to adjust his game. That's what I'm getting at. He needs to adjust his game. Be more of a facilitator. Uh, let the Tyrese Maxis of the world shine a bit. Uh, Tobias Harris, provided he's still there. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, yeah, so I think he needs to do that more. And probably in this offseason, Philly really needs to invest in a solid backup behind Embiid. I think that's one of the needs to... Um, they need to go to, and then bad news too. Um, seemed like Danny Green uh, tore ACL, so uh, he probably won't be available for next season. So they need to think about another shooter as well. So, so that's that's the Miami Philly series. Let's talk about the Boston Milwaukee series. Uh, Boston. And Milwaukee goes to seven games. Um, and this is how it broke down. Milwaukee took the first game in Boston, 101 to 89. So stealing one on Boston floor. Boston comes back to game two and gets that one, 109 to 86. Game three, Milwaukee um, grabs that one, 103 to 101. And then Boston uh, steals back again in Milwaukee, uh, 116 to 108. Then the pivotal game five, of course, in Boston, Milwaukee gets that one. So they're up 3 2 in the series at that point. And then Boston game six goes to Milwaukee and gets the win there, 108 to 95. And then in game seven in Boston, They just blew the doors off of Milwaukee 
109 to 81. A game in which Milwaukee shot it an appalling four for 33 from three point range. So, yeah, that's not going to help matters. The standout player, um, actually players, to me was obviously Jason Tatum in his seven games, 27.6 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 5.4 assists, nearly 43% from the field. He has to improve on that. Uh, 27.6 from three-point range. He definitely has to improve there. And then 76. Seven from the free throw line. And then Jalen Brown, who had a very good series. Uh, in his games, all seven, 22 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Shot at 47.7 from the field. You'll take that. 43.8 from three-point range. Very good there. And then 76.3 from the free throw line. So... Both your star players gets it done and um, and uh, of course are the stalwarts for this team. So uh, definitely kudos there. And they got performances from other guys as well like a, like a Grant Williams, of course, Marcus Smart there, um, Peyton Pritchard. So uh, they definitely got some performances from other guys. So. Um, the big question as to what happened, what happened to Giannis's field goal and three-point percentage in, um, in the, the, actually those last, well, throughout the series, really. Um, he only shot at 45.7% uh, from the field and only 25% percent from the three three point range in fact he was seven for 28 for the series so Giannis you guys stop with the three uh three um with the three point attempts you gotta stop with that your game is working the inside maybe mid-range that's about it just keep it simple man especially in this series where you should have been able to go inside and wreck wreak havoc so, um, yeah, those, those are definitely not Giannis-type numbers. So, But I think in this series, in all honesty, Milwaukee truly missed Chris Middleton. They, if they had a Chris Middleton here, I think it would have been a, they had an easier time in this series, that's for sure. So, I mean, even though Drew Holiday, he really stepped up in um, Middleton's absence, uh, averaging 21 points per game himself with six assists and six rebounds. So, but you know, you, you, you needed that third person, especially in this type of series where you was going up against Tatum and Brown. So, uh, Brooke Lopez was a shell of himself. Uh, Grant Williams had some pretty good games in this series, including the clincher in game seven where he scored 27 points, dropped seven three-pointers. And it's, it gets to a point where Milwaukee's, you know, they, they're allowing this guy to hoist threes like that. And I'm like, 
Um, after a while, you think you want to guard this guy. But that's a story for another day. He did have 10 rebounds as well. And he had six assists also in that clinching game. So what's next for the Milwaukee Bucks? A uh, couple of questions. Will Bobby Portis and Pat uh, Conaghan, will they opt out of their deals? And Because um, both of them have player option deals. So will they opt out and go to free agency? I don't think. Bobby Portis does it. I think he really likes it in Milwaukee. Um, the fans love him. He loves the, you know, the culture that's there with Milwaukee. So I don't think he leaves. Conigan, on the other hand, I think possibly could make a move and opt out. So um, uh, guys like him can command um, some big money on the free agent markets, especially for his skill set. Um, and then I actually put this uh, trade proposal out there. Um, maybe Milwaukee, in order to shake it up a little bit, maybe uh, deal with actually another team that just got knocked out, Philly, and do a uh, Tobias Harris for Chris Middleton sort of deal. So, um and the thing with that is, Tobias Harris, he has two years left on his deal at $76 million, uh, while Middleton has $78 million left on his deal. It's a two-year deal, but the only thing is, he has an opt-out after uh, next season. So, um, that's a risk you take if you're Philly at this point, but you know you got to kind of shake things up. Chris Middleton, when healthy, is an all-star type player. Um, he's definitely somebody who kind of take the scoring, um, some of the scoring burden off of a James Harden and a uh, Joel Embiid. So, um, and he's a two-way player. So, Chris Middleton, that's that's a deal you would explore if you're Philly. And then for Milwaukee, you get a uh, Tobias Harris, who's a bit younger than uh, Chris Middleton, about a year or so younger, um, a little more than a year younger. So, um, and you know, sometimes you need fresh blood in there to for you to, um, you know, try and take it to that next level. So, um, so that's a deal worth exploring. So, I'm just putting it out there. So, so in previewing the Eastern Conference um, Finals. Can Boston get a road win in Miami? They're going to have to do it if they're going to win that series. So, will they be able to do it? We'll see. Um, Philly was unable to do so in the prior series before that. Atlanta did not do so. So, um, yeah. So, um, getting that road win in Miami is going to be tough. But they have to do it. Uh, the matchup to watch here is P.J. Tucker versus uh, Jason Tatum and Jimmy Butler versus Jalen Brown. I'll be interested to see um, P.J. Tucker's defense on Tatum and then Butler playing Brown as well. Should be pretty entertaining there. 
They need a big series from Bam out of Bayou. In those first two games without Joel Embiid, he was very aggressive on offense. In fact, those first two games, he averaged 23.5 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, and he shot at 71.4 from the field. So um, Bam Adebayo has to show up in this Boston series in order for them really to seal the win. So my prediction, um, I'm going to take Miami in seven. I'm saying Miami in seven, guys. So, all right. So that's my prediction for the East. When I come back, I'll give you my Western Conference Finals preview and the recap of the conference semifinals as well. So stay tuned, guys. I will be back shortly. Okay, guys. So I gave you the Eastern Conference uh, Finals preview and the recaps of those games. So let's do the West, shall we? So in the West, not quite chalk as the it was in the East. Right now, you have the number three seed, Golden State Warriors, going up against the four seed, Dallas Mavericks. How did we get there? Let's talk about it. So, Golden State goes and upsets the number two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies, four games to two. And this is how the games broke down. Game one, in Golden State, in Memphis, they steal that game one. 117 to 116. Then game two, Memphis comes back and gets that one. 106 to 101. A game in which um, we see Gary Payton um, the second go down. I'll talk about that in a minute. Game three, back in Golden State. Golden State takes care of business. 142, 112. Game four, they also take uh, 101 to 98, thus having a 3-1 lead. And then Memphis goes back home and grabs game five, uh, 134 to 95. I mean, absolutely crushing the Warriors. But game six, back in Golden State, the Warriors take care of business 110 to 96. So, um, so if I'm Golden State, I'm glad I kind of got that stinker out the way in game five um, and it didn't have any effect on game six obviously so the standout player in this series of course Steph Curry six games he averaged 26 points per game 5.8 assists 4.8 rebounds he only shot at 41.3 percent from the field so he has to shore that up Nearly 33% from three-point range, and then 89.2 from the free throw line, which is um, uh, par for the course for him. And then what happened to the injuries that took place throughout this series, man? Um, between that, the flagrant fouls, whether it be game one, Draymond, the flagrant he got on, uh, Brandon Clark, and then coming back to game two, where Dylan Brooks absolutely mauls Gary Payton II, thus causing him to break his elbow, thus 
uh, being injured in game two, very early in the game. And now he's out for a month. So, um, so I, that makes his, if they were to say, make a run to the finals, I don't know if he appears in that or not. So, and then you have, uh, in game three, late in game three, um, John Moran, he, um, Jordan Poole fouls him. Not quite a flagrant, but um, uh, a foul nonetheless. Um, and John Morant, um, it's his knee. So um, so that put him out for the remaining uh, three games. From game four through game six, he was out for that. So... Uh, so definitely you don't like to see that um, guys having to miss game for injuries, especially given this point in the season. So um, tough break for Memphis there. They couldn't overcome after that. So, And then the uh, other thing was the shooting percentage of Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, this is a 6-11 guy. He only shot at 36.8% from the field, which is – uncalled for i mean especially giving given uh golden state's lack of size i thought he'd be able to flourish inside but i actually said that he had to have a good series and he definitely i mean he scored but it just took him uh it wasn't much efficiency there so but i think it would have went the seven games as i probably predicted i think i actually said Golden State in six. So, um, anyhow, I think it would have went seven though, um, if it weren't for the John Morant injury. So, uh, so Titus Jones came into start for him those last three games and play. He played decent. Uh, fifteen point seven points per game, seven point three assists. Only shot at forty two point eight percent from the field. So. And then the big story for Golden State, Clay Thompson's slowly rounding into shape. He has the big game six, the clinching game, 30 points with eight three-pointers. Goodness gracious. Uh, eight rebounds and three blocks. So definitely you like to see that from Clay Thompson, who's always been a two-way player, as it was anyway, a very good defender. So um, what's next for Memphis? You got to see, um, I think John Moran will be fine. He'll be okay. But he has such a reckless style. Um, uh, is Will he be susceptible to injury in the future, the way he plays the game? Possibly so. But, you know, I think it just takes him going to the gym, getting stronger in the body, um, of course, you know, adding little wrinkles to his game. But I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be, he'll be okay. He's a young kid. He can, um, you know, incorporate those things. So I think he'll be okay. So, and, um, yeah, that's pretty much the only question. I mean, you know, you'll, 
You'll still have your Desmond Baines, who played solid in the series. Dylan Brooks, I'm not sure what to make of him coming out of this series. I mean, he's played well in spots, but um, I think that that uh, flagrant really messed with his head a little bit. So, um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, then... The addition of Steven Adams, I think he's a perfect fit for what they do. So I don't think they move on from him. So should be an interesting offseason for the Grizzlies. So, And then we move on to the Dallas Phoenix series. One in which Dallas took in seven games, surprisingly so. And in the fashion they did it, wow. And nonetheless, here's how the games broke down. Phoenix uh, takes the first game, 121 to 114. Then they take game two, 129 to 109. So everything's holding to form. Uh, Phoenix winning on their home floor. Dallas goes back home, enjoys some home cooking. Game three, 103 to 94 over the Suns. And then 111, 101 in game four. Then Phoenix goes back home for game five. They take that one in superior fashion, 110 to 80. Um, I'll talk about uh, how that game affects the rest of the way. But game six, Dallas goes back home and gets that one, 113 to 86. And then surprisingly, Dallas absolutely crushes them at home uh the final score 123 to 90 so uh the standout player it's got to be Luka Doncic seven games for him uh so he played the entire series unlike the uh first round where uh he missed the first couple of games so he's played this entire series 32.6 points per game Nearly 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals um, per game as well. Shooting 47.6% from the field, 338 from 3-point range, you'll take that. And then nearly 76% from the free throw line. And then, uh, what happened to uh, CP3 for the series, all 7 games. Remember, he had the closeout game in the first round where he was perfect from the field. Um, but in this series, he shot it well from the field still, but only had 13.4 points per game, only seven, 5.7 assists. That's very low for him. And four rebounds. He did average three turnovers. So that, um, un indicative of CP three in his play. Um, and then you have Devin Booker. Devin Booker, game six and seven, went totally MIA. Um, 19 points in game six, and then only 11 in game seven. Uh, thus averaging 15 points per game, 5.5 rebounds. He shot it overall in those two, those two games, nine for 37 from the field, 0 for 3 from three-point range. Good grief. Yeah, 
that's definitely not good, guys. Not good at all. And then you have Mikael Bridges, who, remember, he was the amongst the finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, Luka Doncic made him look silly. Um, for the series, he averaged nearly 10 points per game, nearly five rebounds, three assists. So you will like to get more out of him. Um, 40.6% from the field he shot. He, uh, he was perfect from the free throw line, but he only took eight attempts from the free throw line for the series. That can't happen, man. I mean, um, you got to drive the basketball and draw fouls. And then uh, from three-point range, he was five for 18. So definitely not good there. I thought DeAndre Ayton sh should have been utilized more. Um, there was a lot of talk that, um, you know, they re uh, him and Coach Monty Williams really got into it in game seven. Um, but I just thought um, with the... Lack of size that Dallas has that they should have been pounding the ball inside with eight. Yeah, I thought they would do that throughout the series. Not so much. He did average 15.7 points per game, a little over eight rebounds, but still, I mean, he only had, I believe, three blocks for the series. Yes, not good. Not good at all. So, uh, the turning point in the series, I think was um, late in game five. Uh, Luca has the ball in his hands. Uh, Devin Booker knocks it out of his hands um, kind of late in that game. Um, Luca didn't take too kindly to that. And you can see him mouth that um, it's on now pretty much. And then it was on and popping for Luca after that. I mean, he just went on a tear. So, uh so, so that's the series. That's how that went. Uh, what's next for Phoenix? Um, does Aiton come back on his qualifying offer? Does he? Does he come back? Uh, he has a deal on the table already for sixteen point four million uh, for next season, and then he can become a free agent if um, if they don't um, max him. So. Um, I'm going to put this out there, um, as a Nick fan for something for them to explore, perhaps, um, you're going to lose, possibly lose Mitch, Rich, um, Mitch, Mitchell Robinson. Uh, you're going to possibly lose him because you didn't sign, sign him up. Maybe you do a sign and trade and throw something in. Along with that for uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, you bring a DeAndre Ayton to New York. Um, is there risk involved? He's a talented center. He really is. It's just his motor doesn't run that high. So if I'm the Knicks and I do that type of deal, I would have to bring somebody in. Somebody maybe like a... Um, a Tyson Chandler, perhaps, who can, you know, uh, he's kind of a self-made player himself. A very fine defender in the post. Um, maybe he can spend a summer with a 
with a, a uh, Tyson Chandler who can teach him how to do those sort of things. The offense is there, to be honest. Um, but, again, that comes back to the fact you need a point guard to get him the ball when he needs to get needs to get it. So, um, that's something to explore. I mean, it's very low maintenance, um, but it's high reward. So, something to think about, I'm just saying. Because I think Phoenix are, is probably at their wits end with him. So, um, I'm just putting it out there. So, as a Nick fan, of course. <laughs> anyway, and then you still have three years left on CP3's deal. Who, by the way, just tur turned 37. So, you're going to have a 40-year-old point guard making 30-plus million per year. So, I don't know if you go there, but um, it is what it is. So. Uh, so they'll have to think about that. So, for the matchup of Golden State um, versus Dallas in the conference finals, um, Dallas is a actually a very formidable opponent for Golden State. So, the matchup you want to watch watch out for is Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole versus Luka Doncic. Uh, Jalen Brunson and Spencer Ditwitty. I think the trio that outscores the other um, wins this series. I think that um, I think that's what you need to watch for there. The X factor in this series, I'll say it's Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's had he's had a pretty solid playoffs overall he hasn't embarrassed himself or anything like that I think his play versus Reggie Bullock who's a very good defender I think that could be a uh, one of those keys to the series that people aren't really looking at um, but I think his play in this series could have a major impact on Golden State going back to the finals um, but Golden State has to hold serve at home. They have to hold ser serve in order to win this series. They have to get. They can't let Dallas come in there and steal wins here and there. Although Golden State, they can go on the road and get wins, fine. But you can't let Dallas come in here and uh, take a take one game, let alone two, for crying out loud. So. And then Draymond Green and Kevin Looney has to control the boards. There should be no excuse for them not to control the boards in this series. Uh, so, with that said, I am going to predict... I think this one goes 7-2, to be honest with you. I think this one goes 7 as well. And Golden State, I think, prevails in 7, so... Uh, which would set up a Miami Golden State series, which I think will be a very entertaining series. So um, that's the way I'm calling it, guys. All right, so that's it for that. Only other side items, um, uh, condolences. The, um, last week there was a pass. There was the passing of Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier. Um, Longtime Detroit Piston, who eventually went to the Milwaukee Bucks, and he played there. A 2010 guy, um, one of the centers you don't really hear talked about that much, 
but he was a great center in the 70s into the 80s, about the mid-80s or so. Um, Bob Lanier, uh, ambassador of the game. I want to do a spotlight on him. I'm still working on that, guys, so um, hang, hang tight for that. And then the only other items of news, uh, Sean Marks, he had an end-of-season kind of press conference. He talked about he want guys that are available, selfless, and so forth. Kind of a dig a little bit at Kyrie Irving. But the fact remains, does I does Kyrie Irving do the honorable thing and opt into his contract and say, you know what, I'll bet on myself this season. Um, all right, I'm already getting this $36 million if I opt in. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to play throughout play out the season I'm gonna keep myself available and then I possibly can get this max deal I don't think he does it um, because that's dealing with logic and that's dealing with the fact that he hasn't been available you know he refused to take the vaccine last season so he was he wasn't in the lineup until January um, and then he only played road games until the mandate was lifted. So, and then the season prior to that, whether it was um, stuff going on, you know, all the upheaval that was going on between the uh, George Floyd murders, and then he just needed to take a break here and there. So, he needs to make himself available. And I think. Marks was kind of hitting him um, where he lives when he was making those comments. Um, I know people are saying, oh, deal him, deal him. But you have to have the blessing of Kevin Durant. And I don't think Kevin Durant is the type. Uh, he's a different type of dude anyway. But I don't think he's willing to betray their friendship. Um, but he just needs to... Have a man-to-man -man talk with him and look. Say, look, you didn't really make yourself available during the season because of the vaccine. I understand. I understand your uh, stance on that. I get that. But now coming back into this coming season, I need you, man. I need you as as available as possible. So uh, he needs to have a man-to-man -man talk with Kyrie. He, he really does. So, um, again, I don't think... Kyrie does the honorable thing and opts into his contract. I think he opts out and tries to get the max deal. Um, will the Nets do it? I still say they're over a barrel because if you deal him, um, you're likely going to have a disgruntled uh, Kevin Durant because his buddy's gone. And then you, wherever you send him, is he going to be a good citizen when he goes wherever you send him? So um, I'm sure you say that's not in your control, but um, the team on the other side got, got to have concessions as far as that goes. I heard Rob Parker say Knicks should uh, be interested. No, they should not. No, 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 because uh, they have nothing going on. First of all, they're building with youth over here, so to say they have nothing going on is hyperbole. Uh, granted, they didn't make the playoffs fine, but they are trying to build with youth, so there's that. Um, 
I think there's other ways to improve this roster other than bringing a volatile figure like Kyrie here. So, um, yeah, so that's no, no, Rob Parker. I disagree vehemently. Um, a no go to that. So, so there's that. And then there's the Lakers situation. Jeannie Buss sat down, um, with the folks at the LA Times and, uh, she kind of um, alluded to the fact she was disappointed with the season. She's expecting big things for next year. The problem with that is um, you got over uh, 20, $125 million tied into three players. Um, and you, by the way, you only have six players on the contract. A seventh if um, you do the team option on Stanley Johnson, which I think you probably do. But, um, yeah, so you have to make some uh, hard decisions. I know I heard Stephen A. say you should trade LeBron. Um, maybe back to Cleveland, get some pieces back. Maybe to Miami, you get some pieces back there. Um I don't know. I don't know. Um, and let's say Miami ends up winning it all. Why would they want to bring uh, LeBron over? I mean, he is LeBron James, fine. But um, could LeBron and Jimmy Butler coexist? I would think yes. Um, but... Jimmy Butler is a, such a strong presence, so um, I would have to wonder about that. But Cleve, him going back to Cleveland again sounds intriguing with the young pieces they have there. You can probably get away with that. Um, maybe send back over uh, Colin Sexton um, and some other pieces. Um, I don't, maybe you throw love in there. I don't know. Anyhow, so... Um, I don't think Jeannie Buss does it. I think, um, I hate to agree with Skip Bayless, but I think um, Jeannie Buss does want to see LeBron break the scoring record in a Laker jersey. I do think that. So I think that's off the table. I think your only moves you can make is either Russell Westbrook at that um, $47 million that actually comes off your books next year. You take a chance on him. Um, I could see a, maybe a Knicks taking a chance like that. That, to me, more is realistic for the New York Knicks um, because it's a one-year prove-it deal. If you don't like, if, if he he's, comes here, he doesn't sing for a supper per se, you, you know, it's no harm, no foul. You can let him walk and, and you'd be okay. It depends on what you send back to L.A., though. Um, but, and then there's Anthony Davis. They say maybe you deal him, but I mean, how many players of Anthony Davis's caliber is out there? Um, not that many. I mean, when he's healthy and right, I mean, there's no other bigs who can play like him, but the key word is healthy. So. Uh, so, you know, they don't have an easy off season for themselves. So, 
But we'll see what happens. So um, those are two little bits of pieces of news. And then, of course, um, Monty Williams getting coach of the year. Um, the Joker, he's he ended up MVP, although I sh- thought it should have been Joel Embiid. Um, I thought he did enough to win the award. I don't think he lost it in, at any point. I mean, although... Um, uh, Jokic, when they went head-to-head, destroyed him, but I don't think um, you give the award based on that, but it is what it is, so he got the award, they're fine. So, anyhow, so that's it for me, guys. I'm going to shut it off there. When I come back to you, I do, like I said, want to do the Bob Lanier Spotlight. I know I was supposed to do WNBA stuff. I'll get around to that. Hopefully, eventually, sometime soon. But there's so much player movement going on over there. And um, still players aren't back from overseas. So you hard to get a gauge on what's really going on there. So I'll probably give it a few more games before I chime in about that. So, All right, so I'm going to cut it off there. All right, guys. Once again, thank you for listening. Much appreciated. And we will talk soon. Take care. So, my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.